When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences. This week is episode 270, and as we do in every 10th episode, we have a very special episode. And for this very special episode, we're talking about advice for graduates. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Usually, I'm recording in a studio in Midtown Manhattan with our engineer, Bob Tabador, sitting right across from me, but now I'm in my home office on the Upper East Side of New York City. With me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, and Elizabeth, at least you and I are used to not being in the same room together. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles, coming to you from Encino. And as you say, Gretchen, I'm always coming from Encino, so we are used to this. Um, But it still feels different because we can't be in the same room. Right. Yes, that's true. It's the psychological difference, even though we're on the opposite sides of the coast anyway. Speaking of being on opposite sides of the coast and doing social distancing, one question, and we mentioned this last week, is... How much should we talk about the COVID-19 situation? Because we've heard from people who want us to talk about it and people who have said they would prefer to have a break from talking about it. Yeah. Now, Gretch, because the show's based on our own experiences, it's impossible for COVID-19 not to be part of the conversation. It's just yeah. what we're experiencing right now. Yes. But we also do want to talk about ordinary things because ordinary things can be very comforting to think about when times are so not ordinary. 
Yes. And we want to remind everybody that we're talking about what's happening to us right now. One thing that is confusing about this situation is that it's happening all over the world at different times, in different ways. Different people are experiencing it differently. People's challenges are different. People's frustrations are different. People's fears are different. So we're talking about what's happening to us right now. Yes. And of course, Gretchen, we want to say a Huge thank you to everyone out there on the front lines dealing with these challenges. That's healthcare workers, postal carriers, everyone's still getting their mail, delivery people, people in grocery stores, both stocking the store and the checkout people, all of those people. Transportation workers, veterinarians. Um, Yes. Yes. Everybody who's keeping society going and putting themselves at risk. We, of course, want to say a huge thank you. Huge thank you. And we want to wish everyone who's sick and dealing with COVID-19 or anything else right now our best and for a quick recovery. Absolutely. Now, one thing, Elizabeth, in this very unordinary time that I think is is really helping me stay happier, and I think you feel the same way, is doing this our Instagram live conversations every day, Monday through Friday. It's really kind of anchoring my day and making me feel normal and focused and giving me something to look forward to and giving me a place to learn and get ideas. And Gretch, for me, it's getting me to like do my hair and put on makeup, which for (laughs) sure makes me feel more normal, even though I don't even always do my hair and put on makeup right now. It feels like it's an important part of keeping my sanity. Well, and the thing is, we do it every day at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. So I think you get the benefit of that more yes. for me because I think it does make my family feel better when I'm sort of more put together, just mm-hmm. kind of even subconsciously. But four o'clock, it's like, ah, the yeah. day's over. Um, yeah. so, but for you, yeah. one o'clock, still, you still got a ways to go. So that's yeah. great. And one thing that's been fun is we started having guests. We had Dan Harris. I talked to Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis. We're going to talk to Melissa Urban coming up. Dan Schauble about all different kinds of things. These are the coping with COVID-19 conversations. So we're talking about all things COVID-19. And I want to remind everyone, Gretchen, that if you don't catch it live, if they click on your profile picture on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, they can watch it for 24 hours. Yes. And so please watch, join the conversation. It's so much fun. Now we're going to dive into the advice for graduates. As promised, this is our very special episode and this is graduation season. And so we thought it'd be fun to ask people for advice. Yeah, we asked everyone, what's the best advice you ever got? The worst advice you ever got? The advice you give or the advice you wish you'd gotten yourself? (laughs) So Gretchen, start us off. Okay, this is advice I wish I had gotten myself. And it's so in consequence, it is advice I always give. And in fact, I made a vow to myself that I would raise this issue anytime I talk to college students or graduate students, because I do from time to time talk to like college students or medical school students, law students, that kind of thing. And my advice is to beware of drift. And what is drift? I know you've written about this. Yes, I've written about it on my blog a couple of times, so I'll post links to it if you want to know more. But in short, drift is the decision that I make by not deciding or by Mm -hmm. making a decision that unleashes consequences that I'm not taking responsibility for. So 
maybe you go to medical school because both your parents are doctors or you get married because all your friends are getting married or you take a job because somebody offers you that job. And a lot of time it's because we want the respect of the people around us or we want to avoid a fight or we don't want to feel insecure or unsettled or just don't know what else to do. Drift is when we take the path of least resistance. Gretchen, do you feel like you suffered from drift? I absolutely did. And I drifted into law school. And the funny thing about drift is the word drift has these overtones of sort of laziness or easiness. And this is not true. Drift is often disguised by a huge amount of effort (laughs) and perseverance. Law school was hard for me. It was hard from taking the LSAT to taking my exams, to writing my papers, my clerkship with Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, my taking the New York bar exam. So many parts of it were so hard, but I drifted into it. I did it because I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. I'm good at research and writing. Dad's really happy as a lawyer. Maybe (laughs) I'll be happy as a lawyer. I can always change my mind later. It's a great education. I just did it because... I didn't know what else to do. And the fact is, I am really happy that I went to law school. So many great things came out of it. I got a wonderful education. I met Jamie, my husband. I got to clerk for Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. And sometimes people end up in the right place. Like they drift into a career or a life situation that makes them very happy. But the fact is, you can't count on it. Right. It's a very passive way. You're really being very reactive and kind of just going with the flow and not making mindful decisions. And that I feel like is a dangerous way to steer your course. Gretchen, don't you have a quiz online about how to know if you're dealing with drift, if you're suffering from drift? Yes, I do. So I will post a link to that because one of the problems with drift is a lot of times you don't realize you're drifting. Right. And drifting is not the same thing as just letting events play out. Sometimes we don't have enough information. And so it's good to like let things play out a little bit because you're waiting. That's not the same thing as just jumping ahead because you don't know what else to do with yourself. So yes, I will post a link to that quiz. And now how about you, Elizabeth? What's the advice for graduates that you would suggest? Well, this is something, Gretchen, that dad said to me. I think he said it to both of us. And it always has stuck with me. It's if you take the blame, people will give you responsibility. Yes. And it lodged into my brain. Now, I will say in Hollywood, I don't know if it always works because (laughs) a lot of times if you take the blame, then people are like, okay, you're fired. There's a lot of people passing the blame. Yeah. Nonetheless, I feel like I try to live that way where I'm willing to take the blame. Now, what I see is that if you're willing to take the blame, it's kind of declaring that you're responsible. It's saying, I have enough agency in this situation Ah. that I am the one to shoulder what went wrong because I am the one making decisions and guiding people. Ah, yes. And a lot of people want to have someone who's willing to do that. So if you step up, they will then look to you I also think for me, if someone's willing to take blame, it shows that they're thoughtful and that they can analyze their own actions, Ah, which I find very useful. If I'm the boss and someone says, oh, you know, sorry, this happened in this scene. I didn't realize we were supposed to get a close up or whatever. 
yeah. then I know that they're sort of thinking and yes. able to analyze the situation. You know, right. to me, I think it's great advice. Well, also, I think that one of the problems is that if you always want to make sure that you can't be blamed for something, you stay powerless. Yes. Because a person who's always like, well, it's not my fault. Well, that's not my responsibility. I didn't do that. I didn't say that. Well, then who did? Right. Because somebody has agency here. Yeah. As you say, when somebody says I screwed up or I misunderstood or I didn't get that right, then they're showing that they can learn and that they can do something better the next time, which is especially when you're working with people, you want to see not only what are you doing right now, but how are you going to do in the future? If you make a mistake, because everybody makes mistakes, can you learn from them? Yeah. And something Ron Meyer said, who's a huge figure in Hollywood, he was a huge agent. And now I think he's the head of Universal. At least I heard that he said this, true or not, I don't know. It was that he takes the blame and gives away the praise. And that's another thing. Praising other people is very important. Well, it's funny because I think some people feel like they look weaker if they give praise or share praise, but I don't think that's true. I think people always, it always goes to your own power and your own sort of position that you can point out praise and share praise and make sure that people who deserve praise get it. And it's so popular. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) People like to be praised. One reason dad's advice resonates is because to me it highlights you have a certain amount of control. You can have an impact on how you're perceived. Yes. And so be aware of that when you're starting your career and mindful of it. Yes. Now for me in the, with this phrasing, I've added the phrase when you deserve it, because Mm -hmm. I say, if you take the blame when you deserve it, people will give you the responsibility because I think sometimes people just do sort of blanket apologies. And I don't think that's useful. I think this is about saying I screwed up. Yes. That was my mistake. And also when you say it was my mistake, that means that you protect others or you're not looking to share blame. The moment when this advice from dad really resonated in my mind was I was working at the Federal Communications Commission and I had a job. I was the advisor to the chairman. So basically I had people working for me in a sense who had been there longer, were senior in their experience. And I was like the liaison person. So I was at a meeting of the senior staff and something that my team had done was being very criticized. And everybody's like, I can't believe they did this. They really screwed up. How did they get this wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I remember sitting there and thinking, okay, this is bad. And I could have just said nothing, but I remembered these words of wisdom and I said, look, this is my fault. I didn't understand what was required here. I went back to the team. I described it the wrong way. They did exactly what I told them they were expected to do. And so really that's on me. That's my mistake. So let me go back to them and tell them what I've learned. And then I'm sure they're going to get it right. Well, First of all, I thought this was really going to hurt me, but it actually helped me for all the reasons that we've been saying. It showed that I could own up to something. Also, what I didn't quite think of at the time was, of course, this immediately got back to everybody. And they would have known perfectly well if I had let them be unfairly blamed for it. But they knew that I had Mm. stood up and said, no, it's not them. It was me. So then that was really helpful for me going forward. So it worked. It works. It's not, no, thanks, it's, not, Dad. it's not easy. It's not the funnest advice you will ever, <laughs> ever, ever follow. But I think it's extremely wise advice. 
All right, Gretch, that's our favorite advice. Coming up, we'll hear from our listeners. But first, this break. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, his retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com happier. That's storyworth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Well, let's get to our listeners, Gretch. What advice do they have for us? So the first advice comes from Kristen Meinzer, who, of course, was our one of our first producers. We love Kristen. She's also one of the co-hosts of the By the Book podcast, which is terrific, and also with Jalanta Greenberg, her co-host and co-author of the book, How to Be Fine, and she has great advice. She said... First, use your connections. Ask your career center, alumni organization, supervisors, professors, anyone who knows how hard you work and how smart you are for advice and job leads. There are loads of people cheering for you. Don't be afraid to ask them for help. She also notes, don't get caught up in comparisons. Some of your fellow alum will look more successful than you, some less. Some will get loans from their parents to start their own businesses. Some will work menial jobs for years. You'll all get there. Good advice. Mm. Great advice. Yes. Use connections, anyone you can find. Now, Gretch, this comes from Jamie. She says, the best advice I received was from my mom. She told me when I got my first job that I should max out my contribution to my new company's 401k plan. She told me since I was used to being a student and having no money, I wouldn't miss it. And she said, if I never got used to having it, I would just learn to live on what I did bring home. Turns out she was right. I've always done that, never missed it, and learned to live on what I brought home after that has contributed. After 20 years of following her advice, I have a great retirement account. 
that's a good example of how one conversation might have ended up changing her whole future. Yes. So that's amazing advice. Yes. Beth says, experience is experience. You won't start out as CEO. Appreciate the value in any job you do. That's great advice starting out. And Anne says, never take a job that doesn't intimidate you. If it's easy, you won't learn as much. That's that's true. Yes. That reminds me of someone who told me they've never been qualified for any job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's what we should all aim for. Now, these two listeners have advice that's related to each other. Lori said, the best advice is there are very few decisions that are truly final. If you make one decision and it doesn't work out as you hoped, it's okay to pivot and make another decision. And along the same lines, Katie said, it's okay to change your mind. I wanted to be a college English teacher until I got to a college English class. I'm now a corporate trainer for a medical supply company. All the love of teaching and no homework. It never would have happened if I'd stayed on track with teaching. It's also okay to outgrow people. Your friends from high school and college might not be on the same path as you as you grow. This goes for romantic relationships as well as friends. Very good observations. Mm, Yeah. Okay, Gretchen. Bridget says, best advice when you're in the early stages of your career, where you work matters more than what you do there. That's interesting. I never thought of that. Yes. That's very thought-provoking. You get it. Yes. And here's something that's extremely practical. I love super practical, concrete advice. Kelly says, as a young new hire, one of my first managers told me to skim the news every morning. Take note of top stories and current sports events. This is especially important when attending meetings. It's a conversation starter and a way to join in. It served me well, and I passed it on to all my new hires. Good advice. That is so true. That's something Sarah and I talk a lot about on Happier in Hollywood, which is like if you're on a show and everybody's watching a certain show, watch it because then you can contribute to the conversation in a non-intimidating way and get those relationships going with your higher ups. Yes. And it's an easy way to talk to somebody who's very senior to you where it doesn't feel intimidating. Neutral ground. Yes. That's great advice. Rachel says, I work at the career services offices of a university and so many students never utilize our services. I would encourage them to find their career services. It may go by another name and utilize those resources. Well, I have to give a drive-by gold star to my daughter, Eliza, because I never use career services. I'm shocked to say. I don't even think it ever occurred to me. I never did either. And Eliza, she's been in there. She knows people there. (laughs) She's been taking this advice. So that's good. Betsy says, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten was from my father-in-law who told me, when there's cake, eat cake. It fits for new grads and everyone else. When good times, moments, circumstances come into our life, enjoy the heck out of them. There will be no shortage of crappy times up ahead. So be sure and get the most out of the good moments when they come along. Mm. That's a lovely thought. Yes. Enjoy the small victories. Yes. When there's cake, eat cake. Now, that's metaphoric, not necessarily literal. (laughs) Devan says, say yes to more things, unique opportunities, events you wouldn't normally attend, things you are scared to try. You never know where saying yes will take you, but you will definitely grow along the way. Well, that reminds me of the listener who says to take the job that intimidates you. So it's that same idea of leaning into feeling intimidated. Now, this is a point that two listeners made in different ways. This is what Gina wrote. And Peter also made a very similar point. 
Gina wrote, the best advice I ever received was to take a basic accounting class. I was an English and history major in college and went on to careers in the book industry as a bookstore manager and then in publishing. The most valuable single course that I have taken, and I took it by independent study upon the recommendation of one of my first bosses, was Introduction to Accounting. This very basic course taught me the language of business and how to problem solve in both my professional and personal lives. High school and college students who asked me what they should study to prepare for a career in the arts are very surprised when I offer this advice, but I use what I learned in accounting every day. Oh my God, Gretch. I think this is such amazing advice. Yeah. People always say, what would have been good for you as a TV writer? And I say, I wish I'd gone to business school. Honestly, I don't understand the business side. Uh. And I feel like I would be so much more in control of my career if I understood the business of Hollywood. But even Mm -hmm. an accounting class would, I'm sure, be incredibly helpful. Even if you want to be a painter, it's still good to know how to do accounting. Yeah, maybe especially if you're doing the kind of thing where you're sort of more independent because you have to understand things better yourself because you're not part of a big machine. Um, Shelby said, the best advice I wish someone had told me is your first job is not your last job. I put so much pressure on myself to get a good job after graduation that I regularly had anxiety and stress when I got rejected. I did end up landing a job I loved, but ended up leaving it for a different job I loved just 10 months later. Having permission to get a job instead of the job is so important for new grads. Mm, Yeah. And Natalie says... When I was in high school, I went out to lunch with my mom. We were at Chipotle and it was super casual. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but she said to me, the only person in charge of your happiness is you. That has stayed with me ever since. And it's something I remind myself of on a daily basis. You are the one responsible for your happiness. Well, well, Gretchen, very, I know you agree with that. Yes, that's very appropriate for the Happier podcast. Yes, that's great advice. And then someone aptly named Joy said, I was told to be sure I took pictures of my hometown, of my family, of the beautiful things. Make a Shutterfly book of them to take with me to college. I really enjoyed that. And because I took them, they had all the specialness of my point of view. Perfect. Now, this is like a scrapbook of now, which is one of the things on my 20 for 20 list. So I think that's a great idea for grads. Make a scrapbook of now for your kind of your home so that you can take it with you to college. And then I think college students should do it to take after college. I so wish that I had a scrapbook of now from college. I don't remember anything. Even Adam and I were just saying we didn't take any pictures of our house when we moved in and it looks so different now. I just wish we had pictures. Yes. Okay, Gretchen, this advice comes from Michael Melcher, a friend of ours who's also been on Happier in Hollywood. He says, if you are planning on going to grad school, consider applying for a PhD rather than a master's degree. Why? One, PhD programs are often fully funded, tuition plus stipend, whereas master's programs often have limited financial aid. This can make a huge difference to your own financial picture. If a PhD program is not fully funded, there's a good chance there is no real market for the degree and you shouldn't do it. Two, having a PhD makes you way more distinct in the job market than having a master's. This is true even if you are not pursuing an academic career. 
three. You might actually want the level of expertise of a PhD. And if you don't want that level of expertise, you might question whether you really want a graduate degree <laughs> at all. You can yeah. often apply for a PhD program directly out of college. The master's is just the first year or two of the program. There are some exceptions to this advice, like USC screenwriting program or law school, but in general, it is sound. Well, that's great advice. That's very practical. I love uh, practical advice, Gretchen. The yes. more detailed and concrete, the better. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, yes. Michael. Now, Jennifer writes, there are two things I would tell my younger self, I'm just turning 50, when choosing a college or major. One, really know whether you want to be a big fish in a little pond or a little fish in a big pond. Two, study what you find interesting and the rest will come. I did neither of these, though I was encouraged to by my family and have lived to regret it. Granted, I would not have met my husband or have my children had I gone a different route, but just for me, my career, my fulfillment, I wish I had acted differently. Well, I'm always interested in what people learn the hard way from experience mm -hmm. or what they regret, because I think that's often a very powerful way to learn. So that's great advice, Jennifer. Camilla says, before graduating from university, one of my mentors gave me the advice to frame my diploma right away to help signify the importance of the occasion, as well as ensuring that the diploma did not get lost or misplaced. Of course, being a rebel, I did not take this advice, and now <laughs> I have no idea where my diploma is. So my advice to graduates would be to frame and celebrate the physical proof of reaching their achievement and life milestone. <laughs> well, this is a clutter conundrum for me because I have to say I have my diplomas and Jamie's. They're nicely framed, but like we don't need to display them for professional reasons. I don't really have a place to hang them. So I'm like, should I keep them? But how can you get rid of them? Yeah, but my question the is, them? do you need your diploma at all if you're not like a doctor or a lawyer? Like, do you even need that piece of paper? Like a yearbook, I think there's a reason to have because you can see pictures, but I don't know, a diploma... I'm not sure. Yeah, but it represents so much work and effort. It does seem like you want to keep it. I don't know. That's an interesting. Let us know, listeners. How do you weigh in on the great diploma? Because when I was working on Outer Order, Inner Calm, I have to say I thought about the diploma a lot because I was like, this is a good example of something that I don't need it. I don't use it. I don't love it. And yet I do feel like I should keep it. So anyway, I would be curious to know what other people think uh, in the great diploma debate. Um, and here's a voicemail message that we got from Eric. Hi, Gretchen. My name is Eric, and I wanted to offer a piece of advice to graduates. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in neuroscience and cognitive sciences when I was actually 29 years old. And the thing that has served me the most, like in my, you know, through my 20s, through getting my degree, and ever since then, has been learning to get comfortable and to even appreciate feeling frustrated and confused. You know, uh, our brain communicates to us largely in emotions. That's why when we eat, we feel good because it's your body telling you, hey, you, you, we have nutrients, you've nourished us, so go ahead and relax and we will digest this. And frustration and confusion, a lot of people don't realize is that those are emotional signals of the brain rewiring itself, that it's the brain learning something or adapting to something, trying to break old habits and old pathways and to form new ones. And whenever we start striving forward, trying to acquire a new skill, trying to get into new habits, 
a lot of people will hit those frustration and confusion points and just give up and it's too much for them and they will run from those feelings but then in essence give up on whatever little dream they have for their future and learning to recognize frustration and confusion and to identify it as it's okay this is just me growing and adapting and learning it's totally normal and if I just keep going, eventually those connections will form. Eventually the pathways will solidify. And on the other side of that, you will suddenly hit that aha moment and start to really grasp whatever it is that you're trying to learn or trying to do. And so my advice to graduates is just learn to get really comfortable in that space, to learn to really appreciate frustration and confusion and to not be afraid of it because it's actually one of the best things uh, that you can ever experience. And on the other side of it is everything that you want. So I hope this helps and I hope that you all have a great podcast. Well, this reminds me of the idea of being intimidated. Again, yeah. this idea that it can be tough to be in a new situation, but push through and that's how we grow. That's great. Gretch, I have to say that's advice I need now. I hate being frustrated <laughs> and I am like technology's frustrating. I just walk away from it and go, well, yeah. I'll never do that. <laughs> and I should embrace the frustration. Good advice. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, And Gretchen, um, as we ask people for advice for graduates, one thing that came up a lot is that it is the time of COVID-19 and many people aren't having graduation ceremonies, which is so disappointing. So we also got advice about how to celebrate your graduate during this time. And we will share that advice after this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Gretchen, I am always on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, and I found it at Quince. So well-priced, such good quality. I am in love with the Slub crew neck tee. I have it in white. I'm getting it in black, possibly multiples. I love it so much. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. 
IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. So many listeners who were thinking about graduation in the time of the coronavirus um, had suggestions for how to mark the occasion in a socially distanced way. Stephanie wrote, my husband and I are both graduating in April, so I was pretty disappointed when I realized it would be canceled. Since we won't have our formal ceremonies and celebrations, I wanted to have a whimsical and memorable celebration of our own. You know, and we love whimsy. Yes. I came up with plans to have a graduation extravaganza for the two of us, including a living room commencement ceremony where we will both give speeches and then take turns walking across the stage to receive our diplomas. Luckily, we both still have our caps and gowns from our high school graduations and a celebration dinner at home with my husband's favorite food, ice cream sundaes. With social distancing, it will just be the two of us, but I have a feeling that this will turn out to be just as memorable as a formal commencement would have been. Which reminds me of what we quote from our mother all the time, the things that go wrong often make the best memories. And she's right. The commencement that they have to kind of reinvent might be very memorable, whereas I remember almost nothing from my yeah. commencement because it went exactly as I planned and therefore kind of faded out of memory. So that's a really great idea from Stephanie. Okay, and Gretchen, this comes from Mai. She says, a couple of weeks ago, I canceled my graduation celebration. I'm a romantic when it comes to milestones, and completing my degree in mechanical engineering is no exception. To me, this was the one. Rather than a wedding, I wanted to put my money and time into hosting a celebratory lunch for friends and family. I'm desperate for ways to still make it a celebration and thank friends and families for their support. As of now, my ideas are, one, contact the neighbors whose windows I can see from mine and ask if they can put balloons out on the day I defend my thesis. Aww. I know. Make posters proclaiming the end of my degree and put them up along the path me and my partner walk daily since self-isolating. Even though my thesis defense will be done digitally, order some ceremonious clothing to wear when conducting my final defense. This is just refusing to let the day go unnoticed. This is great. A lot of ingenuity there. And this is from Eva, who needs to celebrate for someone else. She writes, my youngest sister is graduating from college this May and will, like many, not be having a traditional graduation ceremony. We had plans for family members to fly across the country and gather for this event, which is now not possible. In order to make sure the occasion is properly marked, we are planning a surprise Zoom graduation ceremony for her with all of my extended family. Everyone has been asked to make a sign for the graduate, which they will hold up. We're telling her it starts a bit later so that she will be the last one to arrive and we'll see everyone's signs and cheers when she joins. Each family member has been asked to contribute to a slideshow presentation, which we will play via screen share during the Zoom session. This is a great idea. Yeah, and I think it's a great idea to have her join later because it's like a surprise party where everybody has to get there first so that you get maximum impact. Yes. I think we're all upping our Zoom games. So (laughs) that's a great idea. Yes. You know what you can also do because someone did this on a Zoom party I was on is you can make a picture collage and send it to everyone and they can use it as their virtual background, (gasps) Um, which is fun. Or you could put the, your backdrop to be like a picture of you yes. with the person yeah. or like everyone could have a different. Oh, that's a great idea. Excellent. 
We wanted to end with this from Shelly. This didn't happen to her during COVID-19, but we thought it was a nice idea for now. She says, yes. a few days after I'd made my college decision, I found a letter on my bed. The letter began, Dear TCU, my chosen school. By now you've heard from Shelly's teachers and evaluated her transcript and test scores. You've read her essays too. You know a lot about her, but there are many things you don't know. My dad then proceeded to tell TCU all the things that they couldn't possibly know about me, his pride and joy. He relayed his delight in watching me grow up. He expressed his immense belief that I would succeed in whatever career pursuit I chose because of my kind heart and work ethic. It was signed, her loving dad. I have no idea what gifts I received for graduation, but this letter is a treasure I'll cherish forever. So that'd be a really nice thing to do for a graduate. Yes, absolutely. It's the kind of thing that you could do no matter what the circumstances. And it's a wonderful, wonderful keepsake. So that's a beautiful idea. So this was so wonderful. We got more ideas that we couldn't even include. And we are still interested. So yeah. let us know what you try at home, what advice resonates with you. If you have more advice that you'd like to share, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 270 for everything related to this episode. Oh, and I should also say that I did a post called My Best Advice for Graduates, 12 Tips for a Happy Life. And so I will post a link to that in the show notes um, as well. And hey, congratulations to all the graduates <laughs> out there. Yes, congratulations. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Consider some of this advice for graduates. Let us know what struck you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you take a minute to rate or review it, we appreciate that so much. The resources for this week. I have created a lot of resources and posts about coping with COVID-19 from blog posts to podcast episodes. So I'll post a link to my coping with COVID-19 collection in the show notes if you want to check that out. And if like Elizabeth and me, you are using books, TV shows, movies, and podcasts to help keep you distracted and entertained from the current situation, I have created a list of podcasts that we featured on the show because we often give gold stars to some of our favorite podcasts. And I will post a link to that recommended list in the show notes for this week. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Alyssa, you know what I realized as we were collecting these? Yeah. Is that I have to fight back my desire to give advice constantly. <laughs> so I love advice. I love collecting advice. But I can be a little bit too much of a happiness bully when it comes to giving advice. Well, you do have good advice. <laughs>